if you're willing to go into into nonsense or, or, or into no sense, which is going to challenge, you know, the conditioning, the beliefs, the perceptions of how life is, like you're able, like I'm able to then access the mystery. And that is where new knowledge, energies, frequencies, that's how it unfolds. <laughs> and there's got to be some willingness on some, like even just a little bit of willingness to to be okay with that, to go maybe what I know and maybe what my experience has been. But what if I what if I allowed myself to kind of let that go and allow something else to come in? Humanity has this weird relationship of wanting adventure, wanting newness, wanting freshness, and at the same time being addicted to routine, predictability, security, comfort, and in a way resisting the unknown and having a fear around it which actually blocks evolutionary expansion. Welcome to your awakening journey. Today's destinations include higher consciousness and actualized potential. If all ascenders could now please be seated in a comfortable meditative posture, we're about to ascend. You are now arriving at your host, Brian Henry. Do you think you came to Earth so that you can work to live? This is the question that when Nicholas Perrin first heard, it changed everything for him. It set him on a new trajectory, one of questioning what he was choosing, what he was taught to believe, questioning of the old paradigm. What unfolded from here is a story entailing a sacred pilgrimage and answering of a higher inspiration and purpose. And Nicholas's experience with jumping into exploring and learning to trust in the unknown, well, it seems has led him into some magical unfoldings. Here's my conversation with Nicholas Perrin of Lionheart Coaching, in which you'll hear him share some of his experience with trusting the unknown, attuning to higher levels of consciousness, and breaking free from the nine to five. Perfect. The reason why, uh, well, the logical reason for why I, why I asked that is because more than in more than one case, I, uh, I set up a call with someone to first connect before we planned the official podcast. And that first conversation ended up being something so beautiful and organic that I just wish that the record button was hit so that we could have put that out as the, uh, the podcast instead. Yeah, often it's the unplanned moments, you know, where there's no expectations, there's no uh, attachment to how it has to look or be. And so we're just in this beautiful co-creative vortex together and and just you know present and available and then the magic happens so that makes sense why you've most likely had some amazing conversations with people also when you don't know the person in some ways there can be even more of an organic mystery explosion of awesomeness because the mind doesn't have many reference points so it's just like it's more of a energetic feeling intuitive guiding expressing experience and there's not much for the mind to talk about because we don't really know each other that well which is great <laughs> it uh it becomes more natural for it to be this pure genuine um curiosity i think because again like you said it's uh, the first time we're meeting so i um i have questions that i'm sure i'm going to probably ask well, who knows, but it'll come from that place of actually wanting to, to hear about them without any reference point of the answers that you may have. Whereas there's a complete, there's a vast difference between that and when I've, uh, when I've studied the, the person that I'm mm. about to interview, kind of knowing where, where they may take things. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I know you uh, you host a podcast yourself, so I'm kind of curious. 
Um, what sort of approach do you do you find yourself taking as it pertains to this more flow, organic, or you know, the more masculine structure to it? Yeah, so I, I, I was guided to create a podcast back in 2014 when I visited uh, an awesomeness fest, one of the original ones that Mind Valley created way back in the day. And it dropped in one of the sessions there where, you know, the, the presenter was, you know, what's, you know, what is it that you want to create or what is it that you feel the impulse created? And it just dropped in. Literally, it was a podcast. And then you had to share it with people around you. So I was like, shit, I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> this is going to happen. And it was called um, Breaking Free from the Nine to Five. So there was an image of a lion jumping through kind of a portal with a city in the background. That was like the image that came to me. And it, yeah, it was an active podcast. I, I did, I've probably done about 50 episodes from 2014 and then it, it really naturally concluded in 2017 um, because I went through an evolutionary upgrade at that time and what I was focusing on in those four years from 2014 to 2017 felt complete and I felt I was now moving back into the mystery back into the nothingness space to allow the next phase and and really it's like the nine of the breaking free from the nine to five was all about inspiring people to connect more to their soul essence and blueprint and to support them to untangle themselves from the conditioned everyday living experience. And I had all sorts of different amazing people that came on to support individuals to change how they perceive reality in themselves and to be more courageous and to be a little bit more daring and to trust in themselves and trust in life more. That was you know, that was the, the overall purpose of that podcast. And then in 2017, I ended up leaving Australia on a sacred pilgrimage where I traveled for three and a half years and I had no end date in mind. And I was visiting different intentional communities and what I was basically exploring, you know, like where is human civilization heading towards and how can we live together in a greater level of harmony and cohesiveness and, you know, a different resonance level with each other, but also with the earth. And I became really, it became really strong in my field that I was very interested in what I would call divine civilization, you know, like a complete upgrade of how we actually live. So I was drawn to intentional communities and then I was drawn to sacred sites all around the world and, and it very organically happened. Like I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Like I got the impulse to leave Australia on the 29th of April, 2017, which was a Saturday. And I was on a flight two weeks later, you know, got rid of my flat, uh, got rid of everything, packed everything up, got rid of 80% of my staff. And I was like, shit, I'm on a plane. Like, so it was very dynamic, very fast. You know, people were like, oh, you know, how long have you, have you been planning this? And I was like, it's completely unplanned. Like, I didn't know I was going to be doing this. Like, if I have a look at all the visions that I created at the beginning of 2017, I wanted to create a mastermind. I, like, it was completely different plans. <laughs> it was like, wow, I'm now, I'm now on the airplane. And actually, my guidance at the time was, you're not going to do any coaching or any one-on-one -on -one work or any group work with anyone, like, for a year now. I was like, wow, okay, cool. Like that was a radically different shift in trajectory to where I thought I was going. And so I was just going to these different sacred sites and looking back on them now, I realized I was like a, a resonance, almost like a, a resonance holder and transmitter of going to these sacred sites, connecting to them, receiving the frequencies, kind of like the innate ancient wisdom, not consciously, but at a deeper level. And then I was moving to other sacred sites, doing ceremonies, mainly by myself, sometimes with others. And I was like, I feel like there was energetic activation, sharing, receiving going on. At a personal level, I feel like I was remembering more of who I was by going to these sacred sites. But it also felt like the earth was using me, I guess, as like a transmitter and a connector 
And then I was also, you know, going into cities from time to time, bringing that into the different cities. But I was also observing, having gone to pretty much every continent around the planet, I was just seeing the level of dysfunction of humanity and just realizing like this is a systemic global issue. This is not just inside the US or Australia or Europe. And, um, but also getting a deeper feel of humanity and like feeling people and the collective consciousness, where is it at and what, what is driving it. And I feel like my work was shifting from working more one-on-one working at a much bigger level, you know, interested in uh, more like collaborations, co-creations where I'm just one piece of a much bigger puzzle. And, and that has been continued to be the trajectory I'm on. Like I'm noticing like my, at a being level, like I don't feel as excited to be doing one-on-one work with people. Um, I am doing some group trainings at the moment, but it's all in collaboration. It's all working with other people. It's all, working in the dynamic mystery of, of the void of space and supporting more people to kind of be anchors of the light and transmitters of the light. So that still feels exciting for me. And I feel like that is in resonance with this unfolding uh, journey that I've been on since 2017. Now, your awareness of what was taking place while you were visiting those sacred sites, like I know you mentioned there, um, in retrospect, you can look back at it and you, you kind of better understand that this is the role that you're playing as a transmitter of light. But how involved was that as a intention or as something you're aware of in those moments, if at all? Yeah, so what would happen was, is like I would be in a country and I would, you know, drop in and tune in and go, okay, so why am I here? What's going on, basically? And if it was about visiting the sacred sites, I would find them, whether it was through other people, whether it was through the internet. And I would then go to these sacred sites and kind of just be there and and then just check in and go, you know, I'm here, I've been guided to come here. What do I, <laughs> what would you like from me? Or, you know, and sometimes sometimes the sacred site actually would say to me, you have come here not to do anything for me, but what I can offer you. So I often sometimes would receive healing or sometimes it was just be with me here in this moment. Other times the sacred site wanted me to interact with it much more dynamically so there would be some kind of ceremony um i was finding naturally that i was finding a very strong resonance to speaking with the stones so any kind of stone circles any kind of mineral compositions like pyramids or anything like that i I was feeling a very natural resonance to connect with those structures and connect to the spirit of those um structures or stones and connect with them and communicate and and also trees as well like some of the trees were really really old like thousands of years old trees and 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 really kind of seeing them and interacting with them as as a as a amazing cosmic bridge of you know holding cosmic light and having done it for a long time and some of the vortexes that the trees held was so powerful that it was on par as a earth vortex point in terms of the power of the energy that it was holding, it was just like, it was extraordinary. It was just like, wow, amazing, like really, really amazing. So, yeah, so it was very dynamic. It was unpredictable. And I think there was multiple things going on. Sometimes it was like, for example, when I went to Delphi with a friend, we had very deep remembrances of being an oracle or having that oracle capacity um, as well as going to some of the sacred sites in the western part, part of Turkey as well, some of the less known site, oracle sites uh, along in that part of the world. So those remembrances started to open up in going to those ancient temples. You know, or, for example, there was another um, sacred site in Turkey where the remembrance of this sacred sens- sensual dancer was like the 
the sacred arts of the feminine and, and how she was uh, celebrated and worshipped in, in ancient times in her intuitive, colourful, creative expression, uh, which is kind of lost, you know, the, as the patriarchal system kind of dominated. So, yeah, these things would naturally emerge by going into these spaces and just sensing, like, what does the energy of this place represent? What does it mean to be a transmitter, connector of light? Right. Yeah, that's a good question. So for me, it's opening myself up to my to the eternal beingness within through the heart bottle. And through the through the stillness of the mind. And therefore the allowance of I'm just going to call different levels of consciousness to come in. It's like there is a both a receiving, but then there's also a transmitting. And I feel it's like with the rhythm of the heartbeat at the physical level, there is also a natural pulse, a frequency pulse that comes out. And then depending on what it is that I'm allowing to come in, that is naturally starting to pulse in, in, in my environment. And of course it can be amplified. Like if I go into a very still space and then use intentional thought with the frequency, it can, it can even be amplified. And we, we know that we can affect the material plane through frequency and consciousness. And there's been so many amazing experiments to, to demonstrate that. So being an anchor of light, it's, it's like, it's like a, being like a walking radio and remembering how to actually consciously dial the, the receiving unit, which is, you know, the brain, which is like a quantum computer at will, conscious will to be able to allow those frequencies to come in and then to transmit them through. So that's been my personal experience. And I'm, I guess I'm doing my best to translate what it, feels like inside me. Yeah. I think you're doing a, a fabulous job of providing the words that act as signposts to being in such a state where we are receptive. Any, uh, any further words of advice for someone that is looking to attune that radio? Yeah, that's, that's the question, actually. That's the golden question. <laughs> How do I become conscious in being able to attune myself to any level of consciousness that is available for me? I think the first thing is, is the realization of like, you know, who and what am I as a being? Because the definitions that we hold within ourselves will either allow or block that conscious transmission to unfold. So for example, if I've unconsciously bought into the idea that I'm a limited, unworthy, small, powerless human being that has little value or reason for being here, that definition is unfortunately gonna block your ability to connect into high levels of consciousness because that definition doesn't align with those high levels of consciousness. So the first thing I think is, is to be aware that there's, so, there's a lot of unconscious alignments that we've all made just by the fact of being here on the planet and the families that we've been born in and the cultures that we are in. And so it's just the nature of the game. And so we just have to accept like this is part of the game that we've chosen to play but it does require that personal responsibility to go, it's up to me to actually choose what it is that I'm actually aligning with and, and no one can do that for me. So that would be the first point. And then by shifting some of those definitions to, for example, I'm a multidimensional being, I'm eternal, the universe can move through me, I have access to all the answers, all the information, all frequencies, or knowledge or wisdom across time, space and dimensions. 
and I'm just here having this amazing human experience, but this is not who I am. And I'm choosing to go on this beautiful, ever unfolding, revealing journey of connecting and being the source and allowing the source to actually move through me. And, and, and as a result of that decision, then all of the frequencies or the energies that are more dense or lower in vibration will naturally start to purge from my field. And I start to attune myself to higher levels of frequency, which then results in my body and mind being more familiar with those higher states. And it becomes easier to connect to them because the body and the mind have reference points or some reference points in the beginning until you eventually can just consciously decide, like I now choose to resonate with whatever you want. So part of that is also being able to shift your brainwave state and just understand that there's delta, there's theta, there's alpha, there's low beta, high beta, there's also gamma. And, and being able to find a way where you can shift your brainwave state. First of all, with your eyes closed and then being able to do it with your eyes open so that eventually your life becomes like a walking meditation in a sense. And it's like your spiritual practice isn't something that you do just in the morning and in the evening or in the middle of the day it becomes like your life, like my life is a integrated spiritual practice that I bring myself into with every conversation and engagement to the best of my ability, obviously. Now, someone doesn't just stumble upon the belief that they are a multidimensional being, being supported by source. And we are here in these human vessels acting as conduits and expressions of that source. I'm curious to hear what sort of evidence has supported you in this belief? Yeah, that's such a cool question because it's like we're living, we're living in this dualistic material plane that was created and designed so that any experience could be believable. So if someone wanted to choose to be an atheist and believe that there is nothing and it's only what my five human senses perceives, like that has to be as believable as someone who is choosing to have a source experience. So, so in a sense, it's like our experience is created through, again, our, our definitions, our belief systems, the stories and the overlays that we put onto life. But in order, often, as you said, because we're born into in, through the veils of forgetfulness, illusion, deception, and forgetting, like it's most people have completely forgotten who they are. Very, very few people were born like in some form of awakened state. That's not the norm, and and that wasn't my my experience. Like I was definitely just a normal person living, you know, a normal life and experiencing just what everyone else was experiencing. So usually there's some kind of catalyst that has to happen. And there's kind of these two catalysts that generally unfold. One is like you get, you have some kind of divine intervention or inspirational moment, which is unexplainable. It's like, it wasn't anything that the person did, but something touched them so deeply that they, know that how they perceived life before is no longer true anymore right but it was beyond their it, it, un, it, it was out of their control really at least from a human self perspective so that's the one which is a little bit again i would say a rarer occurrence the more common is that the person goes through a very deep breaking down and everything that they thought was real, like whether it's, you know, their relationships, their work, in their everyday living experience, things start to crumble away. And usually there's quite a lot of pain attached to it because of the person's associations to the security of the work, the relationship, the nice houses or cars, or, or in some cases going into a very deep 
sickness or illness or disease is another way that it shakes people. And, and basically the individual is taken to a point where they have to surrender and allow their old life to break away. Now, for me, my own personal experience was somewhere in between those two. I'm, I think I had a, a, a slightly unusual experience because for me, what unfolded was I was in, I was in a corporate job. I was working at JP Morgan at the time. And it was when the GFC happened, it was in 2008. And I started to, something in me was, was asking the question, what is the point of life? And the people in this organization that I'm working in that have kind of made it, like the people that were, you know, senior management, I was looking at their lives and I was kind of questioning myself and going, is this the type of life I want to live? You know, they were working very long hours. They were quite stressed out. And I started to go, so what is the point? Like, what are they actually creating or like, what are they contributing to? And I started to realize that most people were just a tiny piece in a bigger cog and had very little awareness or, or even sense of what it was they were participating in. And I started to realize, I was like, I'm kind of going to this job. I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling super motivated about this. I'm doing it because this is what I believe I need to do, but like what sort of life am I creating for myself or what sort of world am I participating in? And when I started to ask these senior people, most of them just said, it's just a lifestyle choice that you make, you know, and that's it. You know, you, if you want to play this game, then your life is going to revolve a lot around your work and that's what you choose. And I was, it kind of, it's, it felt really empty for me, actually. <laughs> I, I was just kind of like, I don't think that's what life is about. And then there was another really important moment that happened for me when I was at a seminar. And there were two things that happened at the seminar. One thing is that the speaker was able to access his heart in a way where he was able to transmit a frequency that I hadn't felt before. And it was that feeling of coming home. That's the only way I could explain it. It was like when he was speaking, it wasn't even about what he was saying. Like I didn't, yeah, it wasn't about the words. It was like the feeling that I felt in my body. And I was just like, everything just felt awesome. Like I just felt home. I felt everything was like in right order, right place. There wasn't any sense of striving or needing or wanting or trying to get anywhere. And everyone just felt awesome in themselves and awesome together. Like people were disconnecting, people were loving each other. There was this care, there was this warmth in the space. And, and I guess that transmission, I realized like there's something to this like what this person is transmitting. And then there was another key point where he mentioned in one of the seminars, like, do you think you came to earth to work so you can live? And at the time, because of the conditioning I'd been through and I was spending so much time at work, it really, you know, it was like a dart that just hit bullseye for me. <laughs> I was like left in this kind of knowing of, like what he's saying is, is true, but, but what is the alternative? Like, so if I'm not spending most of my time working in a job to receive and earn money, like what am I actually doing? <laughs> and I had no idea. Like I didn't know what the answer was. But those three things, as well as quite a few other things that unfolded, including um, doing a, an energy healing training, where I started to feel energy. And then I, I, I had some one-on-one -on -one support through a channel that was, this channel was able to leave my body. I was starting to speak to spirit. I started to realize like, what is going on in this material world is not everything. So all of these things all started to add evidence that how I perceived reality before isn't the complete picture. And I guess there was something in me that was just curious. And I was willing, I guess that was the key thing, like I was willing to explore and I was okay 
like I wasn't attached to how it had to be. Like there was some part of me, that, like the adventurer in me, was like, let's just see what happens. Like even if it's all, even if it is bullshit. Like I remember the very first training I did when I paid for the energy healing course. Like my flatmate said to me, like, what if it's bullshit? Like what if you're just wasting your time? And I was like, and I said to him, like, it could be true. Like maybe it is a waste of time. But I said to him, I'm paying 300 bucks. It's for three days, decent amount of time. Like, what if it's not bullshit? Mm. Like, that's the other question to ask. Like, I'm willing to go through the experience to find out. Like, I, I'm, I'm okay if it is. And who knows what I may discover if it's not. And I guess though that, that was innately in me, the, the adventurer, the wanderer, the explorer, which was which allowed me to just keep moving beyond my conditioning and therefore life didn't have to fully punch me in the head because of that innate i guess knowing in me that's the um what you're sharing there the the willingness to to explore without necessarily knowing where it might lead there's a there's a huge lesson there and well i know that i'm glad that you you took that opportunity because of where it led you um but there's something there with regards to just I, i'm okay with this all being make-believe i'm okay with this not being true i'm gonna open myself up to playing with the, the imagination and so much I find drops in and comes through when we we open up to just that to it's okay if this is totally make-believe absolutely like there's kind of an irony like one of my mentors once said to me if you're willing to go into into nonsense or or, or into no sense which is going to challenge you know the conditioning the beliefs the perceptions of how life is like you're able like i'm able to then access the mystery and that is where new knowledge energies frequencies like me being able to access that which i don't know that's how it unfolds <laughs> and there's got to be some willingness on some like even just a little bit of willingness to to be okay with that to go maybe what i know and maybe what my experience has been you know, it's been hopefully good, awesome, okay. But what if I, what if I allowed myself to kind of let that go and allow something else to come in? Which I, which I realize, like humanity has this weird relationship of wanting adventure, wanting newness, wanting freshness, and at the same time being addicted to routine, predictability, security, comfort, and in a way resisting the unknown. And having a fear around it, which actually blocks evolutionary expansion. Wow. The fear of the unknown blocks evolutionary expansion. There's just so much in that, that one statement there. Yeah, I'm getting the question to ask you, actually. It's like, what has been your experience in being able to allow yourself to be more comfortable in the unknown? Because it feels like it's such a crucial part of the journey that we're all on. And we, there are so many nuanced experiences of how people allow themselves to realise, like, oh, wow, that's actually a really important element. Like, what, what was your experience? Or how did you get acquainted with that and, and feel more comfortable with that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think somewhere along the line, it was first just kind of presented as an idea, this, um, this approach of surrender, trust, and, and faith. And it became a practice of exploring that, I think, like, your, like yourself, right? The willingness um, to, to dive into opportunities, take those leaps of faith. I think very early on, and even to this day, one of the questions that has really uh, 
really supported me in that is what's the worst that can happen? Like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. Because so many times, if not always, when I ask that question, what I find is similar to you. I'm willing to risk that. I'm willing to bet that on this perhaps going well. And that was probably the, the particular experience for this um, where that, that really comes up with regards to this is with that practice is taking the leap of moving to Bali and going, living abroad. First time in my life, my partner and I, where we would have to take into account our, all our expenses. And when I asked that question, it was, okay, I have, I think at the time, maybe $20,000, $25,000 in my pocket. Um, the worst that can happen if we give this a shot is we run out of all our money. Um, but there was something in me that knew that if we continued playing it comfortable, having the support that I'm so grateful for having had from our family of being inside their home, not having to worry about any rent, and for the most part, actually at that time, no food, like very little expenses. Um, there was something about knowing that we ha would have to expand in order to, to do what we wanted to do in order for it to go down the way we wanted it to. But then on the flip side of that, the worst that would happen was spending all that money, having to come back home. And I was willing to, to bet that um, for the opportunity of knowing that we can go out, we can, we can live out on our own, we can live independently. Um, there was also this idea of like, just cutting ties, not really though, because I knew we could always come back. But this idea of just like, if you take that leap, you're going to have to find a way to make it happen. Because you are metaphorically burning the ship. And with time, this idea of when we trust, when we have faith, great things happen. We'll be supported in that, has been cultivated from this practice, this willingness to, to take that leap. But not until I take that leap will I ever have the opportunity to, to find that out. And I'm constantly seeing life presenting to me these, these choices where I can go on playing it comfortable or I can take that chance for life. And I wanna say the more and more that I'm doing that, the more and more confident I'm getting that if I show up for life, life will show up for me. Yeah, I think the, the key there that, that you were sharing, it's is the willingness to to make a choice and a decision that you're not fully you can't fully know how it's going to unfold and be okay with be okay with or accept the worst case scenario and of course be willing to move move forward anyway but then it feels like over time you build the confidence and there is a increased level of faith and awareness that actually life is supporting me by me by me showing up first and being willing to step into into the unknown and into new spaces like actually wow there is evidence that is showing me that actually it does it does work out it does actually flow so i think that's quite an important point it's like but at some like that first moment like you had to decide like there was something in me that had to be willing to give it a go. And that was my experience too. So at some point the, 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 the trainer wheels, you know, or the securities or the, the blankets, we've got to, got to let them go. 
and and be willing to see what unfolds yeah mm -hmm. and i also find that there will be times i think for us all where on that in that willingness life might just take us to the edge but i've yet to have an experience where i've been completely let down i've only seen with time more and more evidence that there seems to be something here that's looking out for me. Great. Absolutely. So I want to also ask now, I um what's the uh what's the vision for the future if if any? Is there uh is there any particular projects or directions that you're feeling called to devote your energy to? Yes, yeah, there are. So in alignment to what I was sharing about, I'm gonna call it the new earth paradigm, but it's like where my energy is feeling pulsed to be is to align with, with other people. So again, very strong, natural, desire and excitement within me to co-create, collaborate with others around projects that are going to support the, the birthing of the new earth paradigm. And there's a couple of things that I'm involved in at the moment. So there's one group, which is called the Divine Civilization Blueprint Group, or we called, we changed Blueprint to Rainbow Plasma because we realized that like even the language that we use, like when we're wanting to welcome something new in, we can't use the old words because mm. the old words reflect an old paradigm. So it's actually called mm. the Divine Civilization Rainbow Plasma Group. And we've been in this amazing voidal space of preparing the soil for about a year, you know, meeting every week. And it's a small group of us, but we're all very committed to showing up as i guess vectors divine vectors to be able to put our energy into creations and projects and there's been subtle things like we've uh one of the members is for example creating a school a new earth paradigm school which is based on a whole different premise and way of, of, of teaching kids and um went through a very powerful process with the teachers and the students and the parents to really invite people to opt into a whole new way. Um, there was a training that we did called Insourcefulness, which is around helping anchoring in much more powerfully the, the universal love and, and light within people as anchors and to be transmitters of that, recognizing like during this whole COVID challenge for most people, it's like that felt like a very powerful inspired action step to have more people that are able to hold themselves amongst the, 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 the challenge of the world and in the mainstream as well. <clears throat> and then, yeah, there's, you know, there's other things brewing, but it feels like, you know, one of my, one of my challenges in life has been sometimes I receive inspiration and then I have often taken the action quickly or too quickly, I think. And so I'm actually like, I guess my learning at the moment is actually to hold the energies or hold the inspiration of the energies and be a little bit more like to actually slow down, which actually creates a speeding up ironically around the creation. So it's being a little bit more in sync with the- It actually speeds, sorry, I missed a word there. What does uh, slowing down do? Yeah, so slowing down, which means like it may appear that I'm doing less, but I'm, I'm, it's like my awareness is expanding to hold those energies, which then allows a more potency in the inspired actions because it's like it's me acting not from a smaller version of who I am, but, but inclusive of much more. So that's the space that I'm kind of in now. And so it's like, I can, you know, I've committed myself to 
the New Earth Paradigm projects and collaborations and co-creations. And I'm just allowing those synchronicities and the right people for us to kind of align, which is happening, and to, to work from that, from that place. You know, there's like an, another example is I've got a expo that we're currently creating, which again is a whole collaboration with maybe 15, 20 different presenters and, and creating it from that unity consciousness space and creating a very powerful immersive experience for the audience and doing it in a, in a new and different way. So yeah, there's, there are these exciting elements that are brewing and I'm gently allowing them to move through me. How do you know when it's time to slow down and time to act on that inspiration? Because it seems that the inspiration drops in, you receive some sort of um, sense of direction, but there's still a period between that and the action that you're allowing for um, for that, that holding, that receiving of, of more. And that totally, that totally resonates and makes sense to me, but how do you know when it's the right time to act if you are allowing that space? Yeah, so there's a, so what I've learned, because this has been a challenge for me, for sure, um, is when I feel like I've received the inspiration, but I'm, I'm acting from a place of urgency, Right, that is usually not in sync with the greater unfoldment. So then it becomes, it's a divine inspiration that's dropped in and then I'm moving into my smaller self that is feeling the need to, to take the action, which then unfortunately then, you know, distortions can, can start to come in because I'm starting to project what I think it should look like or be like, or usually what happens is like, it doesn't flow as easily. And some of the, some of the meetings, particularly if it's with other people, it doesn't land as powerfully. So what I'm, what I've been exploring, it's like allow the inspiration to really sit in my field and allow a synchronicity to, to reveal to me, like the, the, the truthful inspired action. You know, and so that could be, for example, something from the outside world comes into my reality, like I magnetize some kind of synchronicity in, which then goes, okay, cool, this feels like a, an unfolding uh, revealing of, okay, the time is now. Or if it's like I'm in some, I'm, I'm in a receiving space and like something very left field usually comes in, like, just call this person or connect with that person or, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily make logical sense. Like my mind can't accurately see how that inspired action is going to relate to anything specifically. Like it feels a bit sort of out of the blue. Usually those are the inspired actions that actually align to the bigger picture because I don't have the full perception of how those elements are all weaving together. Does it ever get uncomfortable sitting in that space? Yes, it, 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 it is because the holding of those energies creates creative tension. And I think from the human self perspective, we're wanting to resolve the, the creative tension, part of the conditioning, but the, the, the invitation is to hold the creative tension, not, not take an action that is going to diffuse it, but really hold it. And I think that's the, that's the, the part of the learning of some of the more nuanced elements of co-created creations and being more in sync with universal consciousness rather than operating from the small self or, or a smaller self element. Mm -hmm. 
Nicholas, I'm, uh, I'm always considering why is it that I'm hearing what I'm hearing when I'm hearing something and I am, uh, I'm definitely hearing a message here to, to slow down uh, in some of the, the endeavors that I've been moving towards, embarking on. And that feels uncomfortable. <laughs> it's um, this idea of not doing that thing that will move me towards that aim. Um, like, and I can feel, and even that sense of it being uncomfortable is something to, to be looked at. So it's, uh, it's interesting that you're, you're bringing this forward to me. Um, I definitely sense that there's a, there's a little bit room to, to open up in that, what I'm going to call an incubation period mm. for that incubation period. And just really trying to um, better understand what I believe or what I feel like I should be waiting for before or when I, I deem it, I feel like it's the, uh, the right time because there is clarity around. And that's why I guess the, uh, there's that creative tension because there's, there is some clarity around direction, but I feel like there's, again, just in having this conversation, there's more pieces that want to, to drop in. And I think what I'm gathering from you is moving too quickly in that um, action is going to distract me from receiving that. Yeah, you move out of sync. There's like a moving out of out of sync of the most effortless unfolding of how the experience could be. Because it's almost like at the human level, we then go, thanks for the inspiration. I'm going to take over from now. And, and there's inherently there, there's like a, there's, a not there's a, an element of not trusting. And perhaps there's also an element of, sensing that maybe that which I'm moving towards, I can't fully have, which then creates the urgency of, of wanting to take the action versus knowing like this is happening and I'm going to sit in the creative tension because that's actually going to, it's almost like the, the maturing, like there's a maturing that happens in that space and actually the energy amplifies a lot more. And, and, and then the quality of the inspired action, it has a different caliber to it. When, when you do really feel like, okay, this feels like the right time. Like I don't feel, I don't feel it's premature. Life is giving me signals like now is the time. This feels like all the doors are lining up. Like, and then you'll, yeah. And, and, the, and it should just be like the, like the impact or the potency of the action that is taken just you just feel like the power is, is infinitely more powerful and there's more of an effortlessness in 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 that moving forward like there's a gracefulness in it it doesn't feel like there's any forcing pushing convincing trying needing wanting or or any of that it's like this kind of yeah it feels like more like a swan energy like kind of a great graceful powerful knowing of just moving through that door in the time-space continuum. I like what that feels like. <laughs> Far more than the, uh, the alternative, which hasn't been all that bad. And that's why it can be, uh, it can be tricky. But I, um, when I'm gathering what's, what's definitely being presented to itself through you to me is well, patience can be a bit powerful thing. Well, the patience has been one of my big lessons in, in this life, and it's something I'm still learning for sure. And, and, and what dropped in for me recently was like when I am patient, then I'm fully present with what is going on right now, and I'm not needing life to be different as in i'm not looking at my visions going i wish those visions 
I hear now. It's like I'm fully in the process of where I am right now and loving that as much as where I know I'll be in some future time. I gotta say, it's um, it's a rather interesting experience to be affirming as of lately that I'm aligned and truly believing that and still yet noticing room to be in greater harmony. For us all. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, I think there is something that you mentioned, which I think is very powerful, which is the addiction, the addiction or the addictive nature of creating. Because it does feel, there is kind of a, a an addictive feeling to it of this incessant need or desire to, to create, and we can, but it's a different game to when I'm creating in alignment with, with divine pulse and impulse versus creating in the world because I want to create whatever it is. Like it's a different game. And I totally get what you mean. Sorry. Creating that need of or thinking that there will be better than there. Yeah, better than there or yeah, wanting something more to life. Or even just again, it's just the feeling of feeling useful, productive, powerful, valuable, you know, or anything more versus creating in alignment with divine unfoldment, which is which has got a different timing. There's so many more different, there's so many pieces that are all connected that we have no idea about. There are different players involved. It's it's like a whole different level of trust as well. Because it's not, it's not just about me and what I want in the time that I want it and how I want it, but it's it's the recognition that there's a, a much deeper level of surrendering that is invited. And that this is bigger than me. And this is bigger than me, yeah. That's right. Brother, I want to thank you for all the beautiful, gentle reminders that you have supported me in. But... Yeah, thank you for... Yeah, being in a, in a very present, very connected, very expansive space where it almost, it almost feels like the words that have been placed into the space feel, it almost feels like opening a pantry and then just allowing different ingredients to randomly <laughs> be put into into the space like it's like i feel like i'm not really in control of what words are being shared and it's like we are pulling gently at what feels relevant but not really knowing what is going to come into the space and it feels it feels very effortless it feels very beautiful like i feel everything that we have both shared feels useful as useful for me and for anyone else that, that receives it. It's like we're sharing with each other <laughs> what we need to hear. It feels really amazing. Senders, that is going to be it for this conversation that I got to have with Nicholas Perrin. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that if you haven't yet heard the call already, it was able to serve as inspiration, an invitation to begin questioning what was once known. But having connected with many of you now and knowing the types of experiences and conversations that I've had in doing so, well, I know that for most, if not all of you, this is nothing new. We're being called into a new paradigm family in which we're no longer caught in the cycle of working to live, but instead, we are living fully. And what this has been and is going to mean for many is breaking free from limiting beliefs 
and unfulfilling jobs and circumstances under this guise that it must be done to make a paycheck. And so firstly, thank you to Nicholas for serving as an example of what could be possible when we do. And for the many of you that I know is also courageously acting on this call too. And for those of you that may still find yourself working in jobs that doesn't truly excite you, doesn't feel like an expression of your soul's highest purpose, well, I say again, I hope that this conversation and what we're putting out there is supporting you as an invitation to question what was once known and trust in the unknown. Because adventure, excitement, newness, it's all found on the other side and it's waiting for you if you feel called to, to break free from the nine to five. Senders, that's going to be all for this episode of the Awaken Podcast. Thank you for listening, for being here with us on this planet at this time, in this moment of our ascension. So until next time, keep ascending. <laughs>